It's the Blue Bloods. We're back a day late because USC and and Washington State couldn't get their stuff together to play on a normal Saturday. But it's fine. We're here. We're here now, and we had an amazing weekend of college football. We found out who is the better team between BYU and Coastal Carolina. We found out that Auburn and LSU are both frauds, and a pissed off Alabama is not good for anybody. So we start out with pick six today, guys. We're going to recap the seven games that we shoved into pick six, and. We wrap it up with storylines in which we cover South Carolina getting a new coach, Jim Harbaugh supposedly on his way out from Michigan, and we update the Heisman race in college football and much more right here on the Blue Bloods. So guys, we have a full show today, so let's kick it off. have Coastal Carolina against BYU and Brandon we found out the Chanticleers are legit we found out the Cougars were frauds how did Coastal Carolina pull it off this weekend on the teal turf I don't know man you keep throwing the fraud word around like like it's nothing man you got to stop that because you're gonna you're gonna offend somebody you're gonna have Zach Wilson at your front door I don't I still don't think you want that um I think more than anything we we saw that these two teams were really pretty evenly matched. I mean, BYU almost won the game there on the last play. Um, there was a brawl, and I think that's what we all came to see. We all <laughs> we all saw that this was Mormons versus mullets, which I guess I guess Coastal Carolina are mullets now. Um, that, that's something that, that they're embracing. And, you know, I knew that they were from Myrtle Beach, and so it didn't really it didn't really surprise me that much that they were mullets, but uh, I guess now we truly know know what goes on in Conway, South Carolina. Um, no, I mean, it was a good game for sure. Um, I, I watched it. You know, the teal turf. I, I like the teal turf, Zach. And I like it because it's just green enough to where it looks like the grass is sick. And, and so like, it looks like it could be real grass, but it's not. Um, but no, I mean, this was a really good game. Obviously, we had an outstanding run game from both of these teams running backs. Um, I thought Zach Wilson played pretty well. Uh, I thought he outplayed – what's his name? Uh, it, it's McCall, uh, Grayson yeah. McCall from Coastal Carolina. Yeah. I thought he outplayed him. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, this came to me. It wasn't like, hey, BYU's a fraud. It, it was like, oh, I think Coastal Carolina is just the better group of five team out of these two. Yeah, and, you know, the reason I said that is because if you would have told me Grayson McCall would be 10 for 15 for only 85 yards – and have a 43 QBR, I would have said BYU won this game by a million. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're it, right. It was McCall's worst game of the year, and it wasn't even close. And he had 68 yards rushing. That's great. Didn't find the end zone at all. But it was really C.J. Marable that really stole the show this weekend, Brandon. He had 132 yards, two touchdowns, and every single time the Shauna Clears needed a play made, Marable was there and I think he out he was the best player on the field 
every single time he stepped on the field. And for the shot to clear his defense, man, I've really just felt like they brought the energy more so than BYU did. I mean, yes, I know they were bullying Zach Wilson at the end of the game. I love it. If you're going to face an undefeated BYU team, show them who's boss. Go ahead and do it. And then they didn't even back down from the brawl. They were just like, yeah, we didn't do anything wrong. You're quarterback, so you know what, and we're here to put them in the dirt. And listen, this this Coastal Carolina team, they're ranked 11th now in the AP poll, Brandon, and I cannot believe that in the next, what, week or two, we could be talking about Coastal Carolina being a top 10 team. I mean, just wait until, well, I guess it'll be tonight, um, the day that this is, this is actually posted. Um, we'll see where the college football playoff committee puts them. Um, I don't know. I, this might have been enough to put them into the top 10 for the committee. I'm not sure. But I don't know. It's going to be, it's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. I have them in my top 10. I know. I do. do. I, I have them 10th. Uh, how how do you deny them, Brandon? Because I mean, I, they've they've played a Sun Belt Conference uh, schedule, and they've also played BYU. And, and I get it, you know, BYU's good, and Coastal Carolina looked fine. And, and you know, I know that we both chose BYU to win this game, so that probably should have us both bumping them up a little bit. I just don't know. Uh, this game, more than anything, opened my eyes to how much better the Power Five is than the Group of Five. You know, with the with the exception of the AAC, I'd say, I think that the group, the, the Power Five conferences are, I mean, heads and shoulders, and then another set of head and shoulders above the group of five teams. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the stats, BYU probably should have won this game. I mean, the two turnovers killed them. They outgained Coastal Carolina. They, you know, I, I felt like it was. They had a good game. Tyler Algar played really well. He rushed for over 100 yards and a touchdown. But Zach Wilson wasn't his explosive self. Yes, he outplayed Grayson McCall, like you said, but this was arguably Zach Wilson's worst game of the year. A touchdown, an interception. BYU couldn't control the ball. They only had 22 minutes of possession time. And for a Coastal Carolina defense facing a potential Heisman contender, they made him look pretty average. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he's a Heisman contender anymore. Um, no, he's not. There's no okay. – I mean, Kyle Trask is thrown for like 400 yards for like, what, six straight weeks? Right. And five touchdowns. And, I mean, and look what Mac Jones did. We're going to get into him later in the show. I mean, I don't even know if he's in the top five right now because of the way Devontae Smith's playing. Right. I mean, I think you got to put two Alabama players over him, and you got Trask, and you got Fields, and you got Trevor Lawrence. It's like – what are you doing? Some people are even giving Patterson out of Buffalo votes. Yeah. Well, so, you know, he, when, when he when he can just score it at, at will, what, what do you do? And his streak right now is still intact, Brandon. The game got canceled due to COVID, so he's technically his last two games. <laughs> yes. He has still done it, so he'll be back up this weekend. But I think BYU – the reason I said they got exposed, Brandon, Zach Wilson got exposed for not being as good as everyone thought he was. I mean, there was talk, Brandon, this kid could be taken second in the draft. Yeah, that's wild. Like, there's people still out there who think, who think he's a top 10 pick. No, that's, that's, I'm sorry. Whoever thinks Disrespectful. that. Disrespectful. Yeah. 
disrespectful. I don't think the kid's that good. I think the kid has potential, but if you're taking Mac, jo- if you're taking him over Mac Jones or Justin Fields, and God forbid, if you're someone who thinks he should go above Trevor Lawrence, we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a problem. Yeah, we're gonna you're gonna have to door. you're gonna have to come on the podcast and defend yourself because that is blasphemy. But I'm impressed with the Shauna Clears, Brandon. They continue their uh, what would you say? Uh, I I don't even think amazing is the word for this season, Brandon. And uh, yeah, for them, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a perfect season to continue that technically. But I mean, do you think their head coach stays much longer? He can't. It right? can't. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like no. it, it's so disrespectful. I mean, but we'll find out more about them next week, Brandon. They got Troy next week, um, and what looks like a decent matchup. And then BYU has San Diego State and what should be a beatdown out there and uh, out, out there west. I don't know. San Diego State pisses me off, but it's fine. Um, but next, guys, we're going out west again. We had a Sunday night game. It happened last night. We had USC, Washington State, and the Trojans made a statement, in my opinion, 38-13 win over the Cougs. And, Brandon, your boy Keaton finally showed up. He cooked. Keaton cooked. What do you what do you want me to say? He threw five first half touchdowns, Zach. What happened in the second half? What's that? What happened in the second half? Well, they let, they took their foot off the gas. What do you mean? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Continue, dude. Amon Saint uh, Amon Ross Saint Brown had four receiving touchdowns in the first quarter. He had four receiving mm-hmm. touchdowns throughout the whole game. All came in the first quarter. How do you do that? I mean, and they all came in within like eight minutes of each other too. It was like halfway through the first quarter and then to the end of the first, just that, just that second half of the first quarter was incredible for the Trojans. And that's all they needed. You know, those 28 points would have won them game, would have won them the game alone. Heck, two of those would have won them the game alone, but they kept cooking. They kept cooking. And this USC team, I mean, I know that we said the PAC 12 should be counted out uh, of the playoff altogether, but how, if USC ends up going undefeated and they win this Pac-12 championship, can you count them out of the playoff? No. You can't. I mean, that would be ridiculous, too. And, and so – Will they make it, it, though? No. No. Heck no. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? They, 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 they won this game because they played Washington State, a, a Washington State team who just lost their head coach, uh, and they're still trying to find their identity. They just changed and, up their whole offensive scheme. And, and what we're saying? Oh, and – what they played three different quarterbacks as Jaden Delora wasn't fully healthy, right? So don't don't take take this win with a grain of salt. USC, you looked incredible. You know that first half's all you needed, but man, you've gotta you've gotta do something on the ground at some point. <laughs> it's right? bad. It's, it's so what bad. T- twenty rushing attempts for five yards, dude. Their leading rusher had 11 yards on three carries. <laughs> I don't like this rush was seven yards. And you know what's funny? You know what's weird is that, like, because I didn't watch this full game. I watched the first half. I was like, you know what? Probably shouldn't watch the rest of this. I feel like I feel like I have more productive things to do. And so I turned it off. And then I, I looked at the final box score and I was like, oh, they must have pulled, they must have pulled the starters in the second half. Nope. Keaton played the second half and just didn't do anything. Uh and I was like, oh, maybe they just ran the ball more. Maybe, no, he had 32 pass jumps. He kept passing. Just no one ran the ball. And when they did run the ball, they couldn't get anywhere. That's tough. That's real it's tough. Really tough. 
Yeah. Their start, their projected starting running back is Malape. He had two carries for negative two yards, Brandon. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand. They need a running backs coach in in Los Angeles, and I don't know who it's going to be. It should not be me. I was going to recommend myself, but then I started thinking, you know what? It probably shouldn't be me. Um, but somebody. I mean, they they they've had a stable of running backs. Get Reggie Bush out there. I bet he'd coach. I bet you wouldn't. He was just allowed back on campus like what a year ago. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm if, sure he still has like a no show clause for the NCAA. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And Brandon, for me, I, I get that Keenan Slovis was great early, but it really was this defense that put them in position to win. Um early they were forcing turnovers. They for, they forced what? A fumble, two interceptions. They held Washington State to under 265 yards, but the Trojans' offense only got to muster, what, 287? Yeah. So it really and truly was the defense putting them in good positions. They had four sacks, six tackles for loss. They forced those three turnovers. I thought the USC defense was more of a factor than the offense really was. Yes, Slovis threw five touchdowns, but in that second half, the offense looked absolutely dreadful, to say the least. Yeah, that's fair. And when on the other side of the ball, you have Jaden Delora throwing two interceptions on 29 attempts and had an eight QBR. Right. That's bad. An eight? That's tough. (laughs) What do you do about that? Uh, You can't. But then look at the backup. Gunnar Cruz, five for seven. The touchdown had a 93. Cameron Cooper, three for three, 22 yards. Listen, you have Dion McIntosh. He had 10 carries, 65 yards. It's over six and a half yards per carry. Why is he not getting the ball more? I thought we got rid of the air raid up up here. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm upset about it. Dion McIntosh should get his carries, guys. It's disrespectful to not give this kid the ball when your quarterback has an eight QBR. Oh, hold on. An eight? An eight. A a single eight. Okay. It's not the worst QBR uh, of the weekend. No, I I saw a much worse one, but that's bad. We'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, good. I I was hoping we'd talk about that. We'll we'll get there. But, guys, uh, USC continues their undefeated season. Uh, You know, Bryce Brain has said if they go undefeated, yet like they probably won't make the playoffs. Should they be considered? Maybe depends on who you talk to. There's a lot of people who don't respect uh, the Pac-12 out there, but they got a big matchup. Brandon UCLA next weekend, ABC six thirty. That game is going to be electric. Uh, Chip Kelly looks like he might have them boys out there turned around out there at UCLA. So we'll see. But guys, we're headed to a game. That me and Brandon can only say we told you so on West Virginia, Iowa State, Brandon, and boy, did the Cyclones make a statement. 42 to 6, Brandon, and it wasn't even close. No, it wasn't. Um, obviously, I mean, Brucey Hall showed up again. He had 97 yards rushing. You know, I said if they held him under 100, then, then West Virginia might have a shot. I'll say I was wrong about that. He still looked great, though. It's not but, like he had 97 <laughs> yards and they were stopping him. He had 97 yards on 22 carries. He was averaging nearly five yards a carry. And they forgot he could catch the ball because he had three catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, so don't sleep on Bruce Hall. Please don't sleep on Bruce Hall. Brock Purdy cooked. He had, he had 247 yards passing. He went 20 for 23 through the air. That's insane. Ridiculous. He had three passing touchdowns. He looked incredible. 
Um, and, and you know what's weird is that is that uh, what's his name? Jared Dagey. He didn't even look awful. You know, Jared Dagey. Yeah, Jared Dagey. That's right. Um, you know, that's West Virginia's quarterback. He had close to a 50% completion percentage, but he still passed for over 200 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions, though, so no turnovers. It, it just seemed like West Virginia couldn't get anything done, like, at all. Uh, there was no production in, until the fourth quarter, and they had those two field goals. And by then, I mean, that was too little too late. Listen, I've never seen a quarterback that is so bipolar compared to Brock Purdy. <laughs> Okay. This dude had like a four QBR against Louisiana Lafayette and against the best defense in the Pac-12. You gave me a 99.6. Good for him. Like, the, what in the world? Uh, this is why I think Iowa State deserves more respect, Brandon. I don't think there's a team that has a that is hotter in the Big 12 right now than Iowa State. No, you're absolutely right. And, and I mean, and I didn't even mention that Brock Purdy had that rushing touchdown either. Right, like, yeah, like, like he averaged five up. yards a carry. Right, <laughs> I don't know. The, Iowa State might, and they're a two-loss team, which is crazy. And you know what's even crazier, Zach, is that people have Oklahoma rate ranked over them right it's now. It's disgusting. That, that is it's, disgusting. It should be illegal to have Oklahoma ahead of. Uh, if you look at them, Iowa State looks so much better than Oklahoma. And how in the world? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. No, so I forgot who it was. Oh man, I gotta look at my Twitter. What's his um, name? Because I was mad at him too. Joel Clatt. Yep. He had Oklahoma eighth in the country, Brandon. <laughs> I don't get it. Someone take his credentials away. The, and then then the God forbid he put Ohio State above North uh Notre Dame. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know. I don't what what's going through this guy's head? Can we declare war on him? I don't know. So hang on. So if if he wants to play the whole thing about which teams look better, then why is Texas A&M above Florida? I'm <laughs> assuming he would tell you it's because A&M won the head-to-head. So why is that same logic not given to Oklahoma, Iowa State? And here's my theory, Brandon. Okay. The Big Ten and Big 12 have contracts with Fox. They are always ah. going to hype up the blue bloods of those conferences because mm-hmm. every time I hear Joel Klatt on Colin Cowherd or any other show, it's Ohio State is the best team in the country. Ohio State gets no respect. That's like I think Ohio State gives too much respect. <laughs> they get a little bit too much uh, respect. Um, I would say I don't understand. Two second in the country is insane. And don't get me wrong, they looked really good this weekend. But who they, who'd they besides, play, Brandon? Who they I play, Brandon? I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. Let's let's just keep rolling. And yeah, listen, Ohio State. That's whatever. They haven't played enough games. They're a good team. Are they a playoff team? That's up for debate. But I think they're good enough to be in the playoffs, and they compete with these other playoff teams. But for Oklahoma, what are you what are you seeing? And I'm sorry we hijacked this game with Oklahoma talk, but we don't even cover them today. But what has anybody seen with Oklahoma to make them suggest that the, a matchup with Iowa State would go any different than the first matchup? I don't know, and, and they are—they probably are going to play again. That's the thing. No, they are. They, they are. They both already clinched. Oh, it's already Cause, clinched. Um, yeah, because Texas um, is pretty is out of it because they Texas um, doesn't have the tiebreaker over either one of these teams, and I think who else was the other team that was in contention? Oklahoma State got beat this weekend. <laughs> Ah, uh, and we're not talking about that game, I don't think. But we're not. Uh, man, we should. Uh, we should. No, we shouldn't. <laughs> no, we so shouldn't. Bad. We both had the win in the Big Twelve, Brandon. 
<laughs> I don't know if either of us want to talk about that game. They lost to TCU. Yeah, so they're out. So I think that they pretty much clinched. So we will get a matchup between Iowa State and Oklahoma. This um, It's like two weeks from now, three weeks from now. So that'll be a hell of a game because Oklahoma is playing better than they were. But I think, I, w- I think you have an argument to say that Iowa State's playing better than they were before the yeah. last matchup. Yeah, that's true. I mean, listen, but this this team is legit. This defense, the reason they won, they held Letty Brown down for West Virginia, only 48 yards rushing. Jared Doji didn't really put up anything at 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. And I think this Iowa State defense is legit. It needs more respect. Greg's Osworth, the second, needs some respect. Mike Rose needs some respect. Will McDonald needs some respect. Two sacks for McDonald this weekend. I think this Iowa State defense has a chance, Brandon, to really put them in the conversation in the playoffs because if Cincinnati slips up, if Florida slips up against someone like LSU, if A&M overlooks somebody, this team could find themselves right outside the top five, and that Clemson-Notre Dame game could go either way. So Iowa State has to keep winning, and I think right now they should be the odds-on favorite for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I agree. But, guys, it's that time now. It's Alabama, LSU time. Brandon, what happened to your Tigers in this 55-17 to beatdown in Death Valley? Okay, okay. so you're acting like you're surprised here that LSU got beaten by that much. And I, no one I'm else, not surprised. No one I else predicted 59-6. to No one – well, and you want to know what? I say no one else is shocked. Everyone in the world is shocked that LSU scored 17 points. So good on LSU. Well, one you know. one of them was dropped before the goal line. I don't want to talk about that. And it was recovered immediately after in the end zone. So we can talk about that <laughs> if you want. So LSU, so that's and they sent it to the SEC headquarters and they reviewed it. I, I know you watched that part of the game. Exactly. I know, bro. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing <laughs> with you. <laughs> and then you know what? LSU might should have scored another touchdown because if they would have, I'm not saying if it was better play calling, they should have, Zach. If okay. they would have run a quarterback sneak instead of that stupid draw play on fourth and inches, they would. They, that might have been a okay. touchdown drive. I got you. I got you. I got okay. you. Okay. So, honestly – I'm fine with 17 points. Everyone was texting me, like, hey, Brandon, Brandon, how do you feel about Alabama beating LSU by this much? <laughs> Dog, don't talk to me. If you're an Alabama fan and you're really proud that you let LSU put up 17 points, then that's bad. If you were proud <laughs> that, you, that, that your team only beat LSU 55-17 to 17 and not 55-0, to zero, then that's on you. I, like, what, I can't say anything to you because there's no reason – that Alabama's defense should be letting LSU score one touchdown, let alone two in a field goal. So I, yeah, I was proud of LSU this weekend. Honestly, they looked a lot better than they've been playing. They were driving on Alabama. I, I mean, that's they wild. were they that's were wild to me that they could actually drive on Alabama. And, and so I'm not saying LSU is going to beat Florida this weekend. All I'm saying is that I think Alabama's defense is better than Florida's defense. And if LSU can drive against Alabama then Dan Mullen better figure something out because it, I understand Florida's coming into this next game thinking, you know what? We got this one. We got this one in the bag. And I'm sure we'll probably talk about it because Zach hates me. But um, LSU's offense has, has started figuring something out to some extent. I'm not saying they figured it out completely. They still got to get that ground game going. If John Emery had that 54-yard touchdown run, and then they just didn't handle the ball for like the rest of the game for some reason. 
Um, don't understand that for the life of me. But LSU is figuring something out on offense. Defense is still a total loss. Um, but we we always have ne- <laughs> we always have next season, Zach. We always got next season. Oh man, that's tough. Yeah. That's real tough. Uh, I mean, that's what I was going to ask you. Okay, you guys haven't been able to run the ball all year. Y'all finally seemed to find a running back that was finding holes, exploding, moving the ball down the field, and then y'all stopped handing the ball off to him. Yeah, no, I mean, if if, if I love Steve Insminger, I really do. I like that he was an old LSU quarterback. I know I shouldn't, Zach. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get like another passing game coordinator. Let's get like he can be the figurehead, but let's get like a passing game coordinator in there. Someone like Joe Brady, not Joe Brady, but someone like Joe Brady, and just let him run the offense. The whole the whole thing where people were saying, "Oh, this was you know Joe Brady was the passing game coordinator," but Steve Insmere really called most of the offense. This was really Steve Insmere's offense. I got to have a word with you. We got to have a talk because uh, that was a lie. Um, TJ Finley, you know what, Zach? Honestly, TJ Finley came out in this game in the first half, and he looked decent to me. Like, he looked good. And then somehow ended up 50% completion rate. No no interceptions, though, Zach, so that's that's always a plus two. Good good on you, TJ. I don't know for the life of me why LSU didn't put Max Johnson in sooner, though. Like, why didn't they try him out in the first half? I don't know why they did try him out first. That's what I, I know. Like, yeah, I don't – you can ask you can ask my wife, Zach. You can ask Hannah what I said as soon as I saw TJ Finley running out for the first drive. I was mad. I was upset. <laughs> I may have said some regrettable things. But you know, he came out and he didn't play as bad as he could have. That is that is fair enough. I do want to correct myself though. There is something I want to say on the podcast, and it's gonna cause a fight. This will probably be our preview when we post on social media tomorrow, all that. Brandon. I'm really beginning to think I was wrong about how good Derek Stingley is. No, 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 Zach. He's he has he hurt his ankle, dude. You can't do this to me right now. You cannot take away Derek Stingley from me. <laughs> I, I so I think he's good, but uh-huh. do I think he is? You know, I I put the foot in my mouth and said that he was the closest thing to Deion Sanders since Deion Sanders. Can I take that back? Because he is not even close, dude. Okay, he's he's been playing hurt all year, Zach. He Go back got, to last year. Look at last year. Look at last year. Look at last year. You made the mistake of adding me to the LSU group chat where they said that he was cussing <laughs> out a practice squad receiver for catching a ball on him. That's, that's questionable. That's questionable. I keep up with that chat, Brandon. I don't say anything in there because my profile picture has me on the field at Jordan Hare. So I can't speak in there, but I, I keep the receipts. That that group chat is just like it's everyone from from uh from tiger droppings who has a twitter and they're just all on that one group chat Mm. and so yeah it's toxic it's very toxic zach and you can only believe half the things you read in there i probably okay and maybe not even that let me say this let me say this Derek singley will be great in the nfl thank you as long as he doesn't see Devontae smith (laughs) because that boy has roasted him for two years Okay, well, the time he got roasted last year was on a play where he was looking to the sideline, <laughs> but whatever. But, man, Devontae Smith, I just want to say this, right now might be making the case for being the best wide receiver in college football. Oh, my God. I don't know how you're just now realizing that. I don't know how you're saying he's making a case. To me, 
in my opinion, he is the best wide receiver in college football. And honestly, and I know you mentioned it earlier, how Alabama should have two Heisman candidates above Zach Wilson. I think Alabama should have two Heisman candidates, period. I think Devontae Smith is better for this Alabama offense than Mac Jones is. I mean, I know people are giving Mac Jones a lot of credit for what he's doing, and he deserves it. But most of those yards that he's passed for are going to Devontae Smith. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, what, this week in eight catches, 231, and three touchdowns. After last week, he pretty much did the same thing to Auburn. Dude, in the first half, he had seven catches for 217 yards. In the first That's half. Disgusting. That's that, disgusting. How do you do that? I guess when you play against LSU's secondary, and that's how you do that. Yeah. I mean, and there's like once every single game where Mac Jones is back up is like back passing and the camera angle isn't wide enough to see the whole play. <laughs> and he throws it and you're like, where in the hell is he throwing it? And Devontae Smith's like 15 yards past the closest defender. And you're like, <laughs> how does that even happen? Have like you ever played have you ever played Madden <laughs> on rookie mode? And yes. like and your quarterback, and you're you're like the quarterback, but you're like the face of the franchise. Whatever you're playing that mode, and you're playing on rookie mode, and all you have to do is run four verts and just throw the ball up, and and you're gonna have you're gonna have a receiver just burn everybody. That's what Alabama looks like. That's what Alabama looks like with Devonte Smith and Mac Jones. It's incredible. It, it doesn't even it, it it blows my mind. I mean, if you look at like I don't know if I was playing. Alabama, like you just have to take your best defender. Like you got to line Derek Stingley up and line him back 25 yards behind the line of scrimmage <laughs> and just be like, listen, if he gets to the 10, you got to, fo- you got to take off. You got to go. You got, you have him, bro. You see number six, he's not getting behind you. If he even looks like he's getting behind you, clothesline him. Oh my God. I mean, you look at, uh, right. I have the breakdown here about uh, from every single DB he faced this weekend. Okay. Against Jacoby Stevens, one target, one catch. Derek Stingley, four targets, two catches, a touchdown. Todd Harris Jr., three targets, three catches for 72 yards. Okay, but Against- Todd Harris Jr. should have never been on him. That's a fact. Cordell Flott, two targets, two receptions, two touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> Cordell Cordell Flott had a 27 coverage grade against Devontae Smith. What I will say before we have any more LSU secondary slander is that Bo Pelini just doesn't understand how to coach a secondary whatsoever. So I, I will put that on him because this, this year's secondary as compared to last year's, and this year's should be better. Like on paper should be so much better. And they're just not like there's one common denominator there. I mean, they were good last year. Dave Aranda's the coach this year. They're not Bo Pelini's the coach do the math. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. And, you know, Devontae Smith has been playing in Alabama for how long, Brandon? Three, four years almost now? I think it's been three, yeah. Yeah. In three years, safeties have not realized that once Devontae Smith is right next to you, it is too late to turn around and chase him. <laughs> they don't get it. Like, if you see the post coming, you better take off five yards ahead of time, and you might have to hope he trips. <laughs> you got to hope he slips on the turf a little bit. You know, I was I was trying like I was trying to think of like a pro comparison for him, Brandon. And he he just reminds me of like like a Tyreek Hill that forgot to eat breakfast for a few years. Like he's like the long, skinny Tyreek Hill. Okay, because he can burn you deep every single time, and that's all the Chiefs do. They're like Tyreek. You see that end zone fifty five yards down there? Just meet us down there. 
That's it. That yeah. was that's the only play call for Tyreek Hill. And listen, this kid Javante Smith is going to be a first round pick, and he should be a top five pick. And if you guys want to know how good Alabama's receivers were last year. <laughs> Devontae Smith was apparently the slow one out of out of this wide receiver. That's court. disgusting. <laughs> that, that's that disgusting. I mean, that is that is disrespectful. And I want to give LSU a little bit of props. They had the big opt out last week, but Kayshawn Boutte looked amazing this weekend. He did. He looked really good. Eight, and- eight catches for 111 yards. The kids, the kid is a monster. Yeah. No, he's he's really good, and you know, I would I would praise Eric Gilbert a little bit too, but uh, he just got stripped. So I don't know, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I mean, he got big boy. He got big boy. Uh, and I mean, he yeah, had the ball happens. in his hand. That's not even an interception. That should just be a that should just be a theft. <laughs> they said, you know what? You don't get the ball anymore. <laughs> that that was disrespectful. What he did to him. I mean, it it's it. It didn't even make sense how that happened because if you guys don't know, Arik Gilbert is a big dude. It's Eric, but yeah. I mean, the kid's what, 6'6", 250? Yeah, no, he's he's huge. And it got snatched. Right. I mean, listen, he needs to hit the weight room. I, I don't know what to tell you here. But, guys, Alabama, pure domination. Like I said, 55-17. LSU's got a, a one more chance, Brandon. One more chance to set the season straight next week against Florida. And, you know, maybe they'll do it. I don't know, Brandon. It's up to you. you. You get to pick next week if we do that game or not. So I'll leave that up to you. But, guys, we're moving to the ACC in which another Heisman candidate probably exited himself from the race, even in a 45-10 to 10 win over Virginia Tech. Clemson dominated. Trevor Lawrence was disappointing. Brandon how did the Tigers pull it out? Pull it off without Trevor Lawrence's best performance? Uh, because they're Clemson. I mean, they could have played anybody at quarterback, and they would have beaten Virginia Tech. So, uh, I mean, yeah, forty-five ten is nice, and yeah, Trevor Lawrence did have a disappointing game. You know, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and you know, you know how insane that is that that he had a disappointing game, and how good that means that Trevor Lawrence is. I get it. He went twelve for twenty-two. He he had one ninety five, one touchdown, one interception. We wouldn't, we would not have picked anybody out in the rest of pick six for having this performance. But we're picking, we're picking him out because it's it's uh, it's Trevor Lawrence, right? And I mean, he also had two rushing touchdowns too. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, he's, he had a terrible game. But like, if anyone else in the country had this game, we'd be like, yeah, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good game. <laughs> Well, it's hard when the quarterback across from him had a ninety five QPR, which. I don't know if I I don't know if I'd give him the same. He had ten completions. He went ten for twelve for one twenty seven. He just had little ten yard dump off passes. Zach is what happened. I'm just messing with you, bro. I had I, you see this QBR thing's pissing me off. It makes me so mad. Well, remember that they they add in a level of difficulty. So playing Clemson, you should have a ninety QBR. Just playing average. Um, but Khalil Herbert, man, I actually was impressed with him, Brandon. He still put up almost 100 yards rushing against this Clemson defense that doesn't allow a lot of room to run. I I thought, listen, I know the score is 45 to 10. I got you. I get it. But Virginia Tech put up over 300 yards of total offense. They had the ball for 38 minutes. They only had two penalties. The three turnovers killed them. But outside of that, I thought they played relatively as good as you could ask Virginia Tech to play in a game like this. 
No, I definitely agree. But Zach, what I will say is that someone who had, I think, an even more disappointing game than Trevor Lawrence was Travis Etienne. In this he one. has been disappointing for the last like few weeks. But like, he only had 66 yards on the ground, which, you know, he had 16 carries. So that's four yards of carry. That's fine. But, you know, you think, oh, well, he, you know, he had those 66 yards on the ground, but how many yards receiving did he have? One. He had one receiving yard this, this weekend, Zach. Um, for one, I don't know. You'd think that they would involve him a little bit more. I'm not sure. It seemed like Clemson couldn't really get a whole lot done, which is it's it's nuts to me that they still have 45 points in this game. Well, it's the like, turnovers because all yeah. their turnovers like put the ball in really good scoring positions for them. That's I mean, true. you look at halftime. This was a 17 to 10 game at halftime, Brandon. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good game. Yeah, it, so it, it was a good. <laughs> if LSU wasn't playing, I would have watched this game a lot more. But see, yeah, you got to you got to do like me, bro. You got to have you got to have more than one TV, bro. You gotta yeah, upgrade. I gotta, I gotta get that worked out. You gotta get that. You got a whole job, bro. Like I, I, I'm in grad school. I, I don't have an excuse to have three TVs in my living room. <laughs> but, <laughs> but man, yeah, Travis sets the end. Just uh, not very good this weekend. But there's a kid that at the last few times I've watched Clemson, Brandon, has really popped off the screen for me. And he he only had one catch this weekend. But Braden Galloway, he's a junior out of Anderson, South Carolina. This kid keeps popping off the screen for me. He had one catch for 49 yards this weekend. But for the year, 316 yards, two touchdowns. And the last few games, he's been playing more and more. He didn't record any stats in the Boston College game. But the last few weeks, six catches, over almost 200 yards. And he's been more involved in this offense. And for like a tight end slash kind of like um, Eric Gilbert plays for LSU, he's becoming more and more of a factor for Trevor Lawrence. And I think for this Clemson offense to take that next national championship step, they need another option. And I'm really, really, really been impressed with Braden Galloway. And I think he's someone to watch down the stretch for the Tigers this year. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, I think we're going to be having more of an eye on him next season. He, he's going to be a four-year guy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, next season for sure. Uh, you know, he's he's played consistently well throughout the season. I think he played. You know, he's had a few decent games. Um, next season, we'll probably see him uh, pop off the page a lot more. We'll probably see his number called a lot more, especially with uh, Cornell Powell gone. Hope well, maybe, probably gone to the. He's probably going to be gone to the draft. He's a I, listen, I've heard. Okay, so like I have, my, I like I've I've been on top of some Clemson breaking news like last year. Told y'all Travis Etienne was coming back, all that. The same source that gave me that has said there are going to be three to four significant surprises for people coming back for Clemson this next year. So Trevor Lawrence is no. Really? I, I think it's Travis Etienne again. Okay, you think he's coming back for he, his fifth year? He he has not played very well this year. There's a rumor that he doesn't want to go up against Najee Harris in the draft. And he would in next year's um, running back class will be a little bit less because you'll have Chuba Hubbard this year, Barisi Hall will be next year, but he isn't as you know known. But like you don't want to go up against Najee Harris and Chuba Hubbard. Can I guess one? Can I guess a player? Yeah, go ahead. Amari Rogers. I can see him coming back. Yeah, I think I think he's one of the other ones, and then I think they'll have some defensive guys come back. I, I'm thinking someone like Nolan Turner who's just been a staple. I'm thinking someone like Mike Jones Jr., who's been hurt and wants to see his, his uh, stock go up a little bit. 
Um, I can see KJ Henry. I mean, I think there's a lot of people on this defense that really, really like playing for Brett Venables, man. And I really, really think they could come back and shock a lot of people. I mean, you heard it here first. Zach called Travis Etienne. He called Trevor Lawrence like earlier this. I season, did. I still, th- I still think there's a small shot, man. Yeah. I really do. I, I think there is a sliver of hope for Trevor Lawrence coming back. But guys, when, he's, when he's like, you know what? I don't want to go play for the Jets. Yes, a thousand percent. I mean, well, you saw what happened with the Jets this weekend. They are making sure they keep that number one pick. Yeah, they are doing everything. <laughs> Jacksonville is about to swoop on in, and they're like, oh, no, yeah. no, no. Oh, yeah. But, guys, we're going to move to the SEC. I had my phone with Brandon. He gets to, you know, burn me up now. We had the number five Texas A&M Aggies pulling out a win in Jordan Hare, 31-20. to 20. Do your worst, Brandon. I deserve it. You know, there was a moment in time where I thought that Auburn might actually win this game. Yeah, me too. Um, and, I was, and I was texting you. Yeah, this was the morning game. And I, I, was, I was bright-eyed. Um, and I was ready for the weekend. I was like, oh, it's college football all day. And I was like, wow, Auburn is legitimately playing very well. And then, you know what? I said, let's, let's get a nap in real quick. Let's take a COVID nap. Let's do that. And that was, in the, that was right after uh, Auburn scored. What was it? They, they scored. Um, they went up 10 to 7 is what it was. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Auburn is playing really well. I think I can probably take a nap. It looked like they were in the driver's seat. And, and then I woke up and the story was not the same. Um, I, I think I woke up when when Auburn was leading twenty to fourteen in the third quarter, and I was like, you know what? They still look pretty good. The scoreboard looks like it's in their favor on on the field. They look like they've let up, they've let off a little bit, and then the fourth quarter came around, and man, that that had to be tough to watch as an Auburn fan. We don't have to talk about it, but we can. But like, how did it feel when when Kellen Mond decided? You know what? I, I actually want to come play football this weekend. Kellamon played outstanding. Um, what he almost 200 yards passing, two touchdowns, had a 96 QBR. But the real difference maker, Brandon Isaiah Spiller. Oh yeah, this kid has been balling the past what four or five weeks of the season. I mean, he is putting up very very impressive numbers. 120 yards, didn't find the end zone, but man. Every single time AM needed to get a first down to run the clock out or get a first down to keep a drive alive or needed an explosive play to get a drive started, Isaiah Spiller got it for him. He averaged six yards to carry. And then when Isaiah Spiller needed a break, Devin um, Akane came in, nine carries, 99 yards for 11 yards per carry. He was explosive. It was a perfect one-two punch this weekend. The Auburn defense had no answer for it. And, you know, the Auburn's offense was too inconsistent to keep up with it. Bo Nix, yeah, 144 yards to the air. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He had 49 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. That one, I still don't know how he scored. That was pure that will. Was that, was a, that was a great play by Nix. But other than that, man, you see his limitations through the air, though, Brandon. And I think as long as Bo Nix – continues to be mediocre through the air, this Auburn team will continue to be mediocre. Yeah, so let me ask you this, Zach, because this (laughs) – why didn't Tank Bigsby get the ball more? Um, He's still coming off injury. Okay, because he didn't play until late in the first half. Yeah. He had nine carries for 76 yards. He was averaging averaging 8.5 yards a carry. And so, I I don't know, I just would have thought that – 
he would get the ball a little bit more if he's putting up those kind of numbers. Yeah. I, yeah. You, I told you, know, you this Auburn team's going to go as far as Tank takes him. And yeah, it, and every, every, since that injury against Tennessee, this Auburn offense has just been different. I mean, Tank still nine carries, 76 yards, 8.4 yards to carry. I think this kid's future is bright. Oh, I really do. This kid is going to be a monster. This kid's going to be legit, a future NFL uh, draft pick. Sean Shivers really stepped up in his limited role too, Brandon. I mean, nine carries, 68 yards. He was averaging almost eight yards a carry. But the problem is Auburn does not have wide receivers that can get open consistently, and they don't have a quarterback that can deliver the ball consistently. And in the SEC, if you don't have elite players at at Every single position, you're not going to compete. And the, even though I'm not a huge believer in Texas A&M, an average team with an average quarterback is not going to pull the upset. Right. That, that's <laughs> now, now, Zach sounds so sad saying that, by the way. That was the no, saddest I, thing it, ever. It's just real. I mean, it's it's real about it. I mean, this, this defense plays with no effort. I mean, they don't even look like they care at all. I'm the only person I can – I want to hear anything from him, Jacoby McLean. 17 tackles, Brandon, a sack, and two tackles for loss. Right. Right. Kid balled. That kid can play linebacker, man. I like Jacoby McLean. I can't wait for him. I I can't wait for him to come back next year. He's still young. He's still got some eligibility, so I can't wait for McLean next year. Sherwood, eight tackles. That was great. Smoke Monday had seven. But – I think the biggest difference between this Auburn defense and past ones, Brandon, is the lack of pass rush that they have. Right. Only one sack this year, and it was to be expected. No returning – only one returning start on that defensive line, and it was a – and no, Big Cat didn't start last year. Um, Tyrone, nope, because you got to remember we had Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown. um, I forgot the kid on the other end that – pretty much started the whole year. I mean, Big Cat was like on and off starter. So it was kind of Big Cat has some starting experience. But Tyrone Truesdale was the other D-tackle next to Derek Brown. He played a good game, but he's not a pass rusher. He's 340 pounds. He stuffs the middle. Um, he's not a big pass rusher. But a Big Cat's been a disappointment this year. He's supposedly been beat up. I, I need to see more from here. Um, Zykavius Walker needs to be better. Colby Wooden, Derek Hall, all these guys are young, Brandon, and they just haven't stepped up to the level of play that we were used to seeing from Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, and the rest of these boys. Um, and I think it came back to Honham. I mean, they couldn't stop a single thing, man. It was, it looked like LSU's defense, man. Every single time someone was, went up the middle, they got 10 yards. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> I am sorry, but you're not going to beat the number five team in the country when you give up 38 minutes of time of possession and allow them to con- to convert seven of their 11 third downs. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. It, it's tough, but Auburn, they, um, they get Mississippi State next weekend to try to avoid finishing 500 this year. Um, and A&M's game, Brandon, as we're sitting here, has been canceled. Really? So... A&L might not have another game this year. Wow. We'll see. What, a, Miss, what a note. <laughs> what a note to end yeah. on. Right? Ole Miss had another COVID outbreak. So, take that, that's a thing. But, guys, we're going to get to a game that, man, Brandon's going to have to eat some words. I don't want he's to. Gonna, he's going to have to – He's going to have to talk about this, and it is the upset of the week for me. 
Indiana beating Wisconsin without Michael Penix Jr. 14 to 6. And Brandon, how god awful is this Wisconsin offense? Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad. And if you only put up six points against Indiana's defense, then you deserve to be called so bad. Graham Mertz, man, don't do not make me jump off this train because I will. I'm so close to jumping off this train. I have one foot off of the train. I'm only holding on with one hand. I've got my conductor hat on, but I'm only holding on with one hand right now. Um, I don't know, man. They looked bad. They looked really bad, didn't they? I was this. This was the shock of the week. Yeah, I mean, it was very. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I don't know. I mean, Graham Mertz looked like he got it done through the air, but he didn't have any passing touchdowns. He had an interception. So that's worse than the James Winston ratio when you don't have any touchdowns and one interception. That's that's just bad. That's just – that's the uh, – who who could we even call that? I mean, who that's the uh, Nathan Peterman. Um, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, you got to do better than that, Graham. I, I mean, and I get it. Indiana's defense isn't the worst in the, in the world. Um, it's the worst. Okay. Well, they're not good. I'll say that. Um, and this game was just – this was Big Ten football. Yep. I mean, that, that's, that's the only way I can describe it. This was Big Ten football. Um, it never seemed like an out-of-reach game for either – well, until the very end when Wisconsin, for some reason, with 21 seconds left, said, let's kick a field goal. Like, whose idea was that? I understand they're not going to win the game <laughs> if they score, but why would you kick a field goal? That's just embarrassing. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Jalen Berger was really the only positive for that Wisconsin offense. Yeah. And he didn't find the end zone. Nope, did not. I, I mean, mean – Seven yards to the ground, though. I mean, that's that's pretty good. He had what, what he was what, averaging almost six yards per carry. I mean, yeah. he, the kid was could run, but outside of him, Groshek, Nakia Watson, uh, Stokes. I mean, none of them could really help him. I mean, when Graham Mertz had the third most rushing yards on your team, it's a problem. You know, and I will say that this this offense, they're fairly young. Um, obviously, Graham Mertz is a he's a he's a redshirt freshman. Um, I guess he's a sophomore, but he's really a redshirt freshman. Um, uh, Jalen Berger, he's also a freshman. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a young offense. So, you know, to come out and to be as highly rated as they were might have been a mistake on my part, maybe. <laughs> I might have I might have I might have talked them up just a little bit too much. And the media probably talked them up a little bit too much and and the rankings were obviously flawed because I mean they look good to this point. You know, it, with the exception of the loss to Northwestern, which is starting to look worse and worse, uh, because Northwestern lost to um mm. lost to Michigan State last mm. weekend. And their game against Minnesota got canceled, so we don't know if they're good That's or not. Tough. Yeah, so I'm not really sure where we go from here um, because Wisconsin, they're obviously not good. And we're going to have to – I'm going to have to go back and eat my words on, on a few things like last week when we talked about whether or not um, you know they, they should have the rules in the Big Ten altered to where they can make it to the championship game as well if Ohio State's going to do the same thing. Maybe none of that matters because it's, it, it's starting to look like they're not going to make it anyway. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make it. Sadly, um, man, Brandon, they lost to this team, like to Indiana, and they 
what they would they had 200 total yards right that that's horrible not good that's bad they they were 4 for 10 on third down 217 total yards they had 130 passing and they averaged 2 yards per carry for under 100 yards right they had one turnover i mean they can Wisconsin controlled the ball and the big thing is they were 50% on third downs brandon I can't do that. Uh, and we, we've we've made such a point about how crucial third down conversion rate is on the show this year. I don't know what got into us, but we started like actually talking about that. Um, it's super important, obviously. I mean, it, when we look at it on paper, when we look at each game, break them down you know, game by game, we see that the games where the teams convert third downs more oftentimes than not end up winning the game. And then, I mean, 50% is bad. That's really bad. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, it, it's but the eight penalties for almost a hundred yards really hurt Wisconsin. Jack right. Tuttle should be congratulated for a big win, man. One hundred and thirty yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers in his first start. Um, I think this Indiana team's legit, man. I I think Tom Allen, man, that should be the hottest name on any coaching trial in the entire country. Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. This dude, I – Well, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Never mind. Whatever Gus Malzahn's buyout is, I guarantee Brandon will pay it for me to have Tom Allen as Auburn's head coach. Uh, That's what – you did not give me anything for my birthday. I am asking you to pay (laughs) – I am asking you to pay Gus Malzahn's buyout. Okay. That is what I want for Christmas this year. Brandon, but um, <laughs> just but uh, like on the real man, this Indiana team, this is one of the best stories of the year, right? They're up there with Coastal Carolina. I mean, to lose your starting quarterback, that was the heart and soul of your team. That everyone said, man, there's no way you can win in this league without him. To go out and get this win, man, I, that speaks to just the depth and the just how good Tom Allen is as a head coach. And I just can't even say enough about it, but guys, that is a wrap on pick six. It was a tough week for your boy, four and three. Brandon had a five and two week. The race in the pick six uh, battle is getting close, man. One game separates me and Brandon now after I had a huge lead midway through the season, Brandon's been doing the little mush thing where he picks all these good games and then like I'll pick an upset. So he makes sure to take the favorite. You know how Brandon is. He's always doing sneaky stuff like that. But guys, some storylines this week, Brandon, this one came out today. This one came out from Mike Florio of pro football talk. Um, He is saying that Harbaugh is eyeing a potential return to the NFL since he's on the hot seat at Michigan and that there are multiple NFL teams exploring the possibility of bringing in Harbaugh next year. Thoughts on this, and where would you like to see Harbaugh end up, and do you think it's a good move for Michigan? Oh, my God, it's a good move for Michigan. But also, I I need Florio, um, and I know he listens to the show, but I need Florio right now to credit me for that because I've been saying for weeks that he's he's probably going to go back to the NFL because who in college football will hire him right now? I wouldn't. The teams that would hire him won't because it's not going to be enough money for him. It's not going to be a high enough profile gig. So his options to go back to the NFL at that point or maybe take like uh, like a smaller school in the power five or a group of five position at, at head coach or go be a coordinator somewhere. 
But no, he's not going to do that. So obviously a return to the NFL is going to be his best bet. And you know what, Zach? Um, I and I don't think it's going to be the right move for Sandy or for not San Diego for Los Angeles for the Chargers to fire Anthony Lynn. But I think that they might. I think he's a good coach, and I think he's going to get a good job somewhere else in the NFL. But I think they do end up firing him, and I think that Jim Harbaugh in San Diego could be an interesting could be an interesting job. I can or not, see or that Los Angeles, I guess. I can see that. Okay, so I have two interesting locations. One okay. I think is more realistic. The second is a stretch, but I can. But once I explain it, I think you can see my crazy mindset here. Okay. Now, I'm not as big in NFL as I am college football, but I know a little bit. My first obvious one, man, why wouldn't the Jets management swing for Harbaugh and Trevor Lawrence in the same year? That's true. That's true. Do you know the ticket sales that would bring? Uh, they, Well, it's a tough market, but, yeah, it would probably bring in a ton of ticket sales. <laughs> I mean, are you going to see Daniel Jones and Joe Judge, or are you going to see Trevor Lawrence and Jim Harbaugh? Oh, Trevor Lawrence and Jim Harbaugh. But also, you forget about Saquon. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, they got Makah Becton last year at left tackle. They got one of their own live pieces. Brashad Perryman's a great wide receiver. Ashton Davis, I think, is going to be a really good safety. Quentin Williams, they got on the D-line, who I thought was the best tackle out of his class. I think they got some pieces up there in New York, man. They got picks on picks on picks. Harbaugh has shown that he can build an NFL program, so why not give him a shot? And, and worst case, he doesn't work out great, but he brings you a little bit of money. That's true. That and true. that's a selling point for Trevor Lawrence is like, listen, we're going to get you a head coach that has been to a Super Bowl, you know, with a young quarterback. Because Colin Kaepernick was pretty young when him and Harbaugh went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it could be a small selling point for Trevor Lawrence that they are dedicated into winning if they get him. Right, right. The, the far-fetched one, this one's going to take some explaining. Hear me out, Brandon. The Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so please explain. Okay, I know they hired McCarthy, but, I mean, we've already had players out of the locker room coming and saying that he doesn't know what he's doing, that he's not preparing for games. The Cowboys are, I think, not even leaking water, Brandon, gushing water out of the sides of that ship. Gushing. And and if they come out with, like, a top four or five pick and they have to tear down the house and Dak Prescott needs – a coach that believes in him and everything. And Jerry Jones is like, man, Mike McCarthy's not going to sell tickets and everything. Couldn't you see them moving off of Mike McCarthy and getting Jim Harbaugh? I could. And um, let's no. hang on. Well, one last thing. If there is an owner crazy enough to fire a coach after <laughs> one year and hire Jim Harbaugh, is it not Jerry Jones? We're talking about the same, the same owner that didn't fire Jason Garrett forever. And we're talking about the same owner that, um, fired Jimmy Johnson because I didn't get along after multiple Super Bowls together. That's okay. Fair. <laughs> fair enough. You said, hmm, no, that's a good one. But I think that those are the two choices. I think the Jets are a lot more likely, I would say. Yeah, I could see him going to New York. Um, but, you know, your selling point about seeing Trevor Lawrence and Jim Harbaugh on the same side of the field is kind of the same to me as, as seeing Justin Herbert and Jim Harbaugh in the same That's line. true. That, that would be dangerous because Justin Herbert has come out and he looks like one of the best co- – he looks like one of the best quarterbacks, maybe the best quarterback uh, in this I don't want to say I told you so. I don't want to oh, say I, I mean, told anybody. I still think Joe Burrow is better. But 
Um, that knee doesn't. Well, whatever. Oh, well, maybe, he'll, maybe <laughs> Taylor will get fired, and maybe he'll go to Cincinnati. That, that be would fun. be crazy if they that fired him. Fun. <laughs> that would be. You know what, Jim Harbaugh, Tom Brady, Tampa, Tampa Bay, we're we're back. Okay, well, Bruce Arians is. Uh, I mean, I could have told you he wasn't the coach to lead this, but we're not an NFL podcast, so we're not. Yeah. I think it's a good move for Michigan, though, man. I, Brandon, I, like I like everyone knows, I'm not even going to break down an argument. Everyone knows, I think Jim Harbaugh should have been gone last year. <laughs> yep. I mean, you were you might have been the only one on that train, but yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, Brandon might be off the Grand Merch train, one hand hanging on conductor hat. I have the full uniform conductor hat, and we are full speed ahead. The track split off later. We're going right down the – it don't matter. <laughs> okay. But in terms of a hire, though, this weekend, Brandon, South oh. Carolina's got their guy. Shane Beamer is the new <laughs> head coach for South Carolina. He's from South Carolina originally. I'm sure you already know this, Brandon, but – in case our listeners don't know, he is the son of former Virginia head coach Frank Beamer, and he's 43 now. He's been an assistant the past 20 years. He's been at Georgia Tech. He was on uh, Steve Spurrier's um, staff at South Carolina from 07 to 2010, and right now he coach, coaches tight ends and running backs at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Brandon, rate this higher, and do you think Beamer is the guy for the Gamecocks? What, what's the scale that I'm ra- that I'm rating this on? One to ten. Uh, I'd give it a two, and I'm only giving it a two because there's still a chance that Shane Beamer is holding on to to Frank's old Virginia Tech coaching books, um, his old playbooks. But I don't know, man. What what kind of hire was this? There were so many options out there, and they went with Shane Beamer. They went right, with okay. a guy let, that I didn't know existed. Let's be honest here. Well, I mean, it, he's a hot candidate in terms of like young guys that this this would be a job he'd take. I mean, what high profile names taking the South Carolina job, Brandon? Uh, Bill Napier. No, he Maybe. wouldn't. I think he has a shot. I, think I bet he, you. I bet I think you he wouldn't. I think he'd consider it. Why would he leave a place where he's being successful to go get beat up by Florida and Georgia every year? Because it's an SEC job and not a Sun Belt job. That's fair enough, but I think I think Napier knows that he's going to get a bigger job than this. Yeah, he is. He, he absolutely I, I, is. Napier, Tom Allen, all these other names that we're hearing, Brent Venables, they're not going to South Carolina. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, who has went to South Carolina and been successful? <laughs> um, absolutely no one. Steve Spurrier got to the SEC championship maybe, and got maybe. smacked. Yeah, I was about to say let's let's slow down on the let's slow down on that train. I mean, so but really, really and truly, Brandon, what, what would you give this hire? Real, like, honestly? Yeah. Maybe a four out of ten. I'm, I'm really not high on it. And I okay. get it. I get it. You know, Shane Beamer, Frank Beamer, obviously. I mean, there's the name association. Um, he's, he's been a tight ends coach at Georgia for like four years now, which I guess, you know, you're in that Georgia offense. That's, a, that's I mean, that's a nice program. To be he's in. from Oklahoma. What's that? He's he coaches at Oklahoma. Oh, I thought. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. I've got my, all my stuff messed up now. Are, are we sure about that? Yes, I know for a fact he coaches at Oklahoma <laughs> right now. Well, well, I'll I'll be darned. Um, okay, well, <laughs> he's in Oklahoma. Sure. Um, 
Oh, he was at Georgia from uh, 2016, yeah. 2017. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Okay. Anyway. Slacked. No, nah, I didn't slack. Okay. So he's been all over the place since 2000, uh, like Zach said. Um, he's 43. I get I get it. There's that trend of hiring these younger coaches. You know, you want guys that are, are going to come in and have that fast-paced offense, which I'm sure is what they're hoping for um, out of him. I mean, he's coming from Lincoln Riley's system now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think the potential's there, but you know, he's basically what – he's an unproven guy. He's been assistant head coach. Yeah a tight ends coach. I mean, you're hiring a tight ends coach as your head coach. Uh, that's me. That's a weird hire, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's Shane Beamer. So, you know, with that last name Beamer, there's always a little bit of hope. And so uh, it, I wouldn't give this anything over a five for sure. See, I'm giving it a five and okay. that's more like my unsure prediction because it could go either way in my right. opinion. No, and I could definitely so, go back and eat my words later on, but it, you know, face value right now, Hiring a tight ends coach as your head coach is weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I think – I really, really think right now that this is kind of like a bridge hire. Like, let's see what this kid can do. We have nothing to lose, really and truly. So, I, I like the hire um, for the most part. So, we'll see. But speaking of this, Brandon, we're going to – I got all these storylines kind of connecting. We got Hot Seat Watch. Okay. Give us one to two coaches that you think is next to hit the coaching carousel. Um, for like on the field stuff. Yeah, not off the field. Okay, cool. Okay, so coaches, he's you're safe on this one. Um, <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's a that's a tough one. I didn't prepare for this. Um, why don't you give me one and I'll I'll figure this out while you give us one. All right, I'll skip the obvious one, which is Harbaugh. But I think an interesting one, realistically here, Brandon, is less miles at Kansas. Okay. I think there was a big splash hire. We saw the name. Everyone said, man, this is how Kansas gets back in the um, big gets back in the big 12 for the most part. But Brandon, has Kansas been any better under less miles? Uh, no, absolutely not. They had that one win. Like last season, but <laughs> they had that. They one almost win. beat Texas. They almost did, but uh, no. Uh, we're right. going well, right now, Brandon. He is three and seventeen, one and fifteen in the Big Twelve. That's tough. Not great. But he has players opting out, like po- like Puka Williams opted out in the middle of the season. It was like game four, and yeah. he's out. Players aren't playing hard for him. Recruit recruiting isn't on the upswing. There's no bright, sunny future for Kansas right now. And so I think Les Miles could be on the outs and that they look to go younger, uh, I guess more dynamic, just a brighter future for the Kansas Jayhawks rather than Les Miles because his offensive system, Brandon, looks like he's stuck in 2001, which is exactly what got him fired from LSU. Right, right. No, you, you, you're right on that one. Um, so I'm going less miles with my first pick here. Okay. I'll go ahead and I'm going to go with Tom Herman. I, I still think he's on the hot seat. Um, and I think that he's like legitimately on the hot seat. I don't think that, Oh, I'm just, it's just Brandon hates Texas. He's actually on the hot seat. I think, um, I don't know, man. I, I think, I think Texas could take this and obviously, and apparently they've been in talks with urban Meyer. So <laughs> even a, the uh, urban Meyer, to, uh, and his representatives declined this, but you know how the back and forth is. 
Oh, absolutely. They, they, you don't think they've talked to him a little bit. They've talked to him. Um, How about the LSU chat thinking that he actually met with LSU rather than Texas? I don't want to talk about the LSU chat anymore. That, I'm telling you, that's Tiger Droppings. <laughs> and we're not, this isn't the Tiger Droppings podcast. Um, I, Zach, I'm telling you, you gotta, you gotta, you, you can't take anything seriously in that group it chat. It makes I, my day to go through there. No, it's hilarious. It's the funniest thing. It's the most delusional group of people in the world. But that's, that's uh, you know what? If you're a listener and you want to be added, hit me up. I'll, I'll add you into this group chat. It's hilarious. Um, anyway, I think Tom Herman's legitimately on the hot seat. They wouldn't be taking calls with Urban Meyer or not taking calls with Urban Meyer if he wasn't on the hot seat. He's underperformed Texas to say the least. Um, and I've already had this tangent. You know, he, he was that coach at Houston. He looked really good. Texas hired him. Whatever. Texas looks bad. And they look really bad. And if they ever want to get back to prominence, if they, if Texas ever wants to be legitimately back, they're going to have to cut a few losses. And I think he's one of those. Yeah, I completely agree. And Brandon, you'll like this pick. I I think you understand why I'm picking this guy. It's Scott Frost. Scott Frost, absolutely. He should have been fired last year. He he has completely. I mean, absolutely, completely underperformed his job in Nebraska. Brandon, up until this past week, 11 and 19 in his games and 8 for 16 in the Big Ten and has never finished above fifth in the West. Right. And right now they're sitting at two and four. Yeah. Their recruiting hasn't improved. I mean, and this team looks horrible recently yeah McCaffrey brought some much needed attention to this program Brandon but I don't think he put them over the top no absolutely not and I think if Nebraska suffers down the stretch Nebraska could be looking for a fresh start over Scott Frost but guys now we get to the Heisman thing we're going to call this the Blue Bloods Heisman poll Brandon your top three right now, starting for three and why? Okay, so my top three Heisman candidates right now. Oh, that's tough. Zach keeps putting me on. He, Zach, I'm on the hot seat basically because <laughs> because I didn't get these topics beforehand today. I don't know. I don't know. If Zach's been slacking or what's going on. Um, it was my birthday. I took like a whole day off. <laughs> Zach said, "You know what? We not working this weekend. Um, anyway, we don't we don't blame him. We all need a day off every now and then." Um. Oh man, that's tough to to narrow it down to three. Um, I got you. I'll go first. Get you off the okay. hot seat. Thank you. Please. In my third spot, I have Devonte Smith. Okay. He has been, like you said, the best wide receiver in the country right now. He's coming off consecutive two hundred yard performances, multiple touchdowns. Right now, I don't know if you could argue there's a hotter player in the country than Devonte Smith. I know this is a quarterback award, but I think that they usually invite four, three to four candidates, sometimes five or six, depending on the year, to New York, which will probably be on Zoom this year. I think Devontae Smith deserves to be in that group. Do I think he's going to win it? No, probably not because he's a wide receiver, which is a dependent position in football. But Devontae Smith deserves to be there. At two, I have Mac Jones. The kid – has been balling, regardless if you have Devontae Smith, Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, it doesn't matter. This kid has been outperforming levels that people didn't even think Tua could reach. He's got this Alabama team playing the best football 
of the season, and Mac Jones is going to set records at Alabama. And Brandon, I think he comes back okay. next year. I don't think Bryce Young's ready. I think Saban knows that. I think Mac Jones comes back to Bama next year. And of course, number one, Brandon, I have Kyle Trask. When you are demolishing the pace that Joe Burrow set last year, you get the Heisman. Right. This kid is is outpacing Joe Burrow in touchdowns, in yards, and like what do what else do you want this kid to do? He didn't have his top wide receiver for three weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's crazy because last season we're like, oh, will anyone ever touch Joe Burrow's numbers? And we're guilty of that. I mean, on this show, we were sitting, I mean, we were the Joe Burrow podcast for like three months. Um, but uh, Kyle Trask has done it. He's already got Joe Burrow's numbers and he looks incredible. And we're kind of in a situation that we saw with like the debate between Joe Burrow and Cam Newton. Brandon, other than Kyle Pitts, is there a person on that Florida team that's going first round? Um. Ah, that that's a tough question. Maybe. No. <laughs> not on that offense. Okay. That uh, those running backs might not even be draft eligible. They're right. so well, garbage. True. And the wide receivers probably won't be drafted first round. Let's just say this. Brian, is there a receiver on that team that even compares to Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and and or Terrence Marshall Jr.? No, absolutely not. No. Okay. Is there a running back on that roster that compares to Claude Edwards Hilaire? Nope. So, okay. That's all I need to know. Kyle <laughs> Trask is your Hassan winner as of right now for me. So, Brandon, who is your top three? So, I, I do want to go ahead and preface this by saying that I think Devontae Smith and Najee Harris both probably deserve a nod. Um, and in a perfect world, they would be up for they would be up for this award, but it is a quarterback's award. So, I'm going to keep it at that. These two guys, in my opinion, deserve to be in it, but I'm not a Heisman voter, so I'm going to give you the, my three most likely Heisman winners. Um, so at number three, I'm going to I'm going to shift a little bit here, and I'm going to go with Ian Book. Um, I don't think there's a way you can count this kid out. I mean, Ian Book, Ian Book, dude, because guess what? What he has better numbers what? than any quarterback, almost any quarterback in Notre Dame history. You know how long that line is, Zach. You understand how long that line is? And how he, long? It, well, it's very long because they're <laughs> a very good team historically. And he, I mean, he's shattering record. I mean, he, he's, he looks incredible. I mean, on the ground, through the air, either way. And I'm not saying, hey, he could legitimately win this because I think there's one guy who's going. Obvious. Win. Yeah. Um, and, and that's Mac Jones. No, uh, Mac Jones, my number two. Um, he's been doing incredible things. I think that you're right about Kyle Trask and he's my number one, obviously, but Kyle Trask is doing a lot more with a lot less than Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones probably has the best running back in the country right now and probably the best receiver in the country right now. And then two more receivers that have really shown up. And I, Jalen Waddles hurt right now. Sure. But he played some of the season. Um, but yeah, Mac Jones has a lot of weapons, and that's the reason that I'm putting Kyle Trask at my number one spot. I don't think that I think he's doing, like I said, a lot more with a lot less. Um, obviously, he's kept pace with Joe Burrow, which is like if you would have told me that a year ago that there was going to be a quarterback in 2020, one year later that was going to have the same or have similar numbers to Joe Burrow, I would have called you insane. I would have called you an idiot. I would have said, "Don't ever talk to me about college football again." It's happening, and. I hate that I cannot, I cannot 
put into words how much I hate that it's a Florida quarterback that's doing this, by the way. <laughs> like this is this is my worst nightmare. Especially on like the biggest stage he's gonna have to play LSU next weekend. I, I I told you guys that I might not watch the LSU game this past weekend against Alabama. I really might not watch the Florida game. It might not happen. Yeah, like I because I only want good things to I only want good things to happen to me. So ignorance is bliss. If I don't watch the game, it didn't happen. But anyway, that's my top. <laughs> Fair enough. But guys, we're going to keep you guys updated each week on this because we are getting close to the Heisman. I hate how they're doing it this year. Voting ends like like a week and a half, and then they don't announce it till January. That's so stupid. Hate it, but it's fine. Like they don't announce until after the playoff games, Brandon. Like, that's the that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But they can't vote based on playoff games. Uh, yeah, because they uh, – I don't know why you hold it off until after that. Like, every single year they announce it in December. Why Why change it this year? They usually announce it this weekend. Yeah, because this is this last weekend would have normally been championship yeah. weekend. Oh, man. But, okay, guys, last storyline here. This one touches our soul. Uh-oh. UNL should have – you should have UNLV quarterback Max Gillian apologize to you, Brandon. Okay. He had to apologize on Twitter before being canceled because he was on a reality show on Bravo called Below Deck. <laughs> okay. And he had to apologize because people were upset that he ate sushi off of a naked model on the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he is, and he is, tr- and people are trying to cancel this poor kid. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. And hang on. I'm going to read you your apology because I got a crack out of this one, bro. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I sat in my office and cried laughing at the end of this apology. He said, and of course, Brandon, he did the basic notes apology. Like he typed this up at 10.01 today, <laughs> December 7th. <laughs> Oh, hang on. He typed it up December 7th, 9.57 a.m., Brandon, and posted it at 10.01, or took the screenshot at 10.01, and posted it at 12.43. So apparently it went through some revisions. He had to get it cleared. But okay. it said, quote, I would like to apologize for my poor judgment while on the TV show Below Deck and acknowledge that I have made a mistake that I will learn from. I still don't know what that mistake might be. While it was not my idea, nor any friend's idea to eat sushi off of this model, I should have exercised better judgment and declined the idea immediately when it was brought up by producers. Okay. I was like, you just go, like, what kid is on a TV show, Brandon, and when the producer tells them to do something, be like, nah, man, I might get canceled in a few years because of this. I don't know, man. It's it's weird that he has to apologize for this, and I don't really understand. I don't guess. I don't. I guess I don't understand why he's being canceled for this. Um, I, I and you know, from what I've read about it, um, it's more of a the culture at UNLV needs to change. The culture, it's like a culture issue here. Is is what people are trying to build this into. But I guarantee you, it's not diehard UNLV fans that are like, "Hey, let's cancel this kid." No, it's just people with nothing better to do. It's people who, who watch this show and is like, "Oh, he plays college. He plays college football, really." And and, and what ha- what happened is someone was watching this show because it's on Peacock, 
Um, so that's free. Go check it out. We're not sponsored, but you know, Peacock, if you want to sponsor us, then maybe, um, but it's free. So someone was watching it and then someone's someone, some guy walked in and goes, Hey, that kind of looks like the UNLV quarterback. And someone else said, Oh really? Is that, is that, is that true? And then that led, that led to all this is, is this kind of how I envisioned it in my head? I don't know. I, I, I just want to know, like, can we please stop trying to cancel like teenagers? Yeah. For like no reason. Like this dude had to take time out of his day, Brandon, to literally go on well, social media and minutes. apologize. Uh, do what? Four minutes. He typed the, he started typing this note at nine fifty seven and that's posted true. Once. <laughs> that's true. But I didn't need like a big apology. Like why did, why does it even like, okay. So like, I get it. If like, like I, I, I still don't understand like why he was mad. Like, I, I saw this. So the first time I heard about this, I was listening to some sports show on the radio and like, they were talking about this. I'm like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, I, I don't understand who saw this and was like, you know what? We got to cancel him. We got to tell like his coach said that they're investigating the matter internally. <laughs> I don't look. So my thing is if, if he's being canceled for this, then whoever's trying to cancel him for this should never step foot on a college campus. Because if you go to a party, you're going to see some things. And those things are a lot worse than what was on TV. So just don't don't even think about Like, if he's the one you're trying to cancel at UNLV, maybe you should start looking at Las Vegas. Like, do you, know, do you not know where the school is? Hey, listen, it might also be they're trying to cancel him because UNLV um... – is winless this year well yeah, and I, that's what i said i mean it's like the uh it, it's like a culture thing and so people are like, oh well you can do that but you can't win and i get that like if my quarterback was going off doing these fun things uh, well not fun not fun to me i'm married but uh going and doing these things on tv and getting canceled for it then like am i my team's winless like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be pissed off too, and I'm gonna start trying to find any reason to cancel my quarterback. Like if there's, and I, oh, you know what might have happened? There might be like a backup quarterback that people think is might be better. That's true. And they're like, let's cancel this guy. Let's get a backup in there. Maybe the, maybe the, we'll win the game. <laughs> the best comment I saw, like the first comment on the post that I like was like I was investigating because I was like, why did this dude get canceled? This dude commented and said he plays for Las Vegas in all caps. We do way worse stuff every day of the week here. Eating sushi off a naked lady. That sounds like a Tuesday. Shrug it <laughs> off. I mean, uh, that's, that's nuts. I don't know. But, you, you know, uh, it, it's all good, guys. I mean, we had to cover this because I am still mind blown that this is this, this is what we have come to. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. What a world. It's all good, but apparently he's getting punished internally. Hopefully the kid is not kicked off the team. I I don't even uh, but the big thing though, Brandon, he did not break quarantine for COVID. This was recorded in February. Good for him. Good for him. He beat COVID to it. But listen, if so apparently if you're a college athlete listening, do not go on any reality shows nor eat sushi off of anybody. Because you will be punished accordingly to the law of the NCAA, which, you know, is that's a problem. If the NCAA punishes this kid for literally absolutely nothing, disgusting, right? It's tough, but guys, that is a wrap on our episode, man. We are so glad to be back. We will be back Thursday with man a week fifteen preview. That doesn't even sound right. 
Yeah, no, but, it, but, it, it, don't <laughs> don't tell me the football's almost over. If you tell me that, I'll cry. Oh, man, week 15's coming, guys. But we'll be bringing an episode to you guys um, Thursday. Check out our social media, Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods, Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod, the website, thebluebloodspod.com. Check it all out there. Like, rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Tell your friends, family, everybody. I'll be in Auburn this weekend, partying up for graduation, watching Auburn, may, hopefully not lose to Mississippi State. So I'll be telling people about the Blue Blood. So if you got a graduation, tell everyone, you know what, just run up on stage, ruin the graduation to say, yo, we got to listen to the Blue Bloods real quick and make it happen that way. But guys, we'll be back. But for right now, we out. <laughs>